You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome! This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. I was surprised to see wildlife right by my house. I'm curious to see where the river comes from. Curiosity and exploration travel have obvious links. So much so that in 2018, Hilton launched a whole curio collection tying their hotels to tourist destinations of particular curious interest. According to a study commissioned by Hilton, 91% of the population considers themselves to be curious. And although only 20% of people are deemed to have what some call the wanderlust gene, something I need to research further, 73% of people say that traveling is their go-to outlet to express their curiosity. But what's a wanderer to do in a pandemic? That's exactly where towncalendar.org starts out. The homepage of this locally sourced DC events calendar greets you with this. What to do during COVID-19. Safe social distancing ahead. Towncalendar.org offers current and upcoming events, featured editor pick essays about outings with kids, and best of lists from everything from Baltimore to outdoor activities, with a particular fondness for fishing, hiking, and biking. I went to Schaefer Farms Mountain Bike Park, and it was very fun. I was curious about how hard the trails were, and I found that the trails were marked differently, so they each had their own hardness. I really liked the jumps and downhill because I like to go fast. One thing that surprised me was the lack of people. I'm curious to try the big jump near this mill. It's the brainchild and passion project of Demian Perry, father to James and Julia, the intrepid and curious explorers you heard a moment ago. Like the rest of us, he's just trying to figure out how to parent in these times. So welcome, Demian. Thanks for having me, Lynn. Really a great honor. I, I love your show, and I love the breadth of ideas that come out of the framing of your show of curiosity. Well, and likewise with your project, because you're, you're walking the talk, right? And taking your curiosity and your kids with you out and about pandemic be damned, which, you know, kudos to you. So you grew up in the area. Were you always an explorer in the DMV? You know, it's funny. Since I started this project, I have discovered so many things that I didn't know about. And that's been one of the really surprising things is uh, not only the things that I didn't know of when I was 
you know, five year five years old living here, but talking to my family and that has been here for generations. My mother was born at Virginia Hospital Center, which is right around the corner from my house. Uh, so she's she's a local. My her parents came here in World War II, and none of them are familiar with many of the things that I've started discovering in my explorations of the area. So that's been it's been a really fun part of this project. Yeah, that's cool. So do you take your parents along too? I do often. Nice. When they're in town, I will uh I'll I'll bring them to new places and they're always in wonder and awe that they didn't know about it. Isn't that funny how you can live a place and simply not know so much about it? So so when did you start towncalendar.org? What was the inspiration? Give us your give us your origin story on this. Sure. So as a dad, I found myself spending every Saturday morning planning what kind of fun thing I would do with the kids. Uh-huh. And my my wife would often use Saturdays as a time to take care of things, do chores, and she just wanted me to get them out of her hair. <laughs> so I would spend the better part of Saturday morning sipping coffee and going through lots of different websites like Facebook, Eventbrite. There's a really good site called Kid Friendly DC, which I love. And then also a lot of venue sites like the Folger Library that sometimes wouldn't spend as much effort promoting their events widely, but would have just wonderful events that are really geared towards kids. And I guess in in that very time-intensive process, I, I started thinking, why not aggregate and organize all that research to save time? Yeah. yeah. And then, and I, I think as you said, it, um, as, as a parent, it, it might be beneficial to have an angle that's less a, a marketing site for events and and more just a way to add my own experience uh, to talk about recurring events like the Embassy World Tour that happens every year. It's like this giant block party at, at all the embassies in D.C., uh, the Smithsonian Folklife Festival, RenFest, and then surface those reviews before the event each year to help people decide whether to go. So it's it's a lot like most blogs you see, but I organized it as a calendar so that those events would resurface, those reviews would come up at kind of the right time to be useful for parents. Well, you know, I have to say in sort of kicking around through it, even in off season, you know, stuff that isn't right now, the thought behind that is is actually pretty evident. And in a place that under ordinary circumstances has so much going on, having something to help you sort of make some assessment about, is this going to be pitched for kind of what I'm interested in, what my kids are interested in. That's really helpful. And it's it's really fun to do also. I and bet. it's helped me to start a lot of conversations with other parents and with my neighbors. And I've also used it to really learn from other parents and, and other folks. Uh, and In fact, you'll find the next time we sit down for coffee or something that I will probably grill you about where you've been recently, because <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to, to use this not only to to showcase my own experiences, but to start to learn from the experiences that other people have had. And a big part of what I'm trying to do is find kind of the hidden city and and find secret tips like, you know, where do I park and what are some back entrances I might use that no one knows about? Where are there hidden trails and gates into the park that, you know, are legal to go into, but that most people don't know about? And then also looking at tips on what do you wear 
how do you prepare? Like, like when are food options plentiful and quality? Right. Uh, and when might you want to pack a lunch? Well, those are the kinds of things that sort of set it up for success, right? Because there's nothing worse than going off on an adventure with your kids and, you know, you're there, whoever's expectations aren't necessarily aligned with what you find. And you kind of, you know, you can sort of have a meltdown on what was supposed to be a, a fun adventure that turns out to be kind of a whole set of disappointments. So you're you're sort of helping people kind of get past some of those. And, you know, you recently went to this sunflower farm and mm-hmm. I had this aha moment because I there's some sunflower fields in Delaware that I pass in the summer each year, and they're always just left to go to seed. And I kept looking at them going, I don't understand why they plant them every year, and they're, but they're not harvesting them. And now I think I know why, but I'm not going to tell our audience because I want them to go and read your feature <laughs> about why there are these fabulous sunflower fields not that far away. And, and that's the other cool thing is that I think you know, I, th- I think that's an aspect of curiosity that's so yeah. important is you, you talk about choosing to be curious. And I feel like it is very much a conscious decision to pay attention and to start asking those questions. And I think so often we pass by our surroundings and, uh, and, and the sort of known paths that we take each day. And we don't stop to think about it and wonder why is that there? And, you know, what's the history behind it? What are ways that I might use this as an opportunity to teach myself, my my children, a really cool concept? It's one of the wonderful parts of travel. So are there kinds of places that you're still curious to find? Like, you know, I'm wondering about X or, you know, how do you, how do you go about choosing, finding, discovering? Yeah, so a big part of my research now is looking at Google Maps, and I I actually have this marking system that I use to mark all of the places that I want to go, and then I change the marker once I've been there and and made a rating. Oh, that for must it. be a great map. It's a it's a pretty big map with oh, a lot wow. of dots on it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time zooming into green spaces because those are usually public places to walk around. And they're also, interestingly, as we're thinking about this pandemic, they're they're often places where it's a good place to go to socially distance and to feel responsible and to feel safe and to know that you can do so without changing the experience too much, without, I guess, that that trade-off where it it feels like, I'm, I'm really living in a different time. And yeah. I think I think parks are a great place to go and kind of forget that we're in a pandemic right now. Ah, uh, nice point. Has the pandemic changed how you explore otherwise? It has. I I think before we started the interview, I was telling you that when I recorded my children talking about the places they like to go. Julia broke down in tears as she was talking about the water park and yeah. I had to stop the recording and and just talk to her about it and and learn all the things that she misses from her summer. She really feels like her summer was taken away from her. And it's 
it was really sad for me too, because part of the fun of living in the city is seeing all these different cultures come together. And, and one of the great pleasures of living in the city is satisfying your curiosity about other people and just witnessing this wonderful crucible of ideas that is the modern American city. And, and obviously that just wasn't happening anymore and right. events weren't happening. So I'm, I'm not going to be doing that at least for a while. I'm not going to be um, categorizing events and, and figuring out, you know, what's, what's the best, the go-to event this year. Cause it's, it's just not the time that we live in. Uh, and, and now, you know, what's really interesting is thinking about uh, the, the Robert Frost poem, the road not taken. And yeah. he talks about two roads diverging in the wood and he takes the one less traveled by. And, you know, Robert Frost was, was taking the road less traveled by, I think out of curiosity and also to be, I guess, a little eccentric, which is, which is what <laughs> defines him as a poet. But we're really needing to take the road less traveled by for our own survival. And because yeah. that's the healthy, safe thing to do now. And I, I guess I started realizing that that was an option as parents began coming up to me and asking about, you know, what parks are still open. And, and I realized I could start keeping track of these places where you could social distance without sacrificing the experience. And as part of that, I, I started traveling to all these secret parts of the city that I'd never been to before. And that was really cool. That's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, you know, I mentioned also before we were uh, settling down for this that I've just moved and I've moved from a small little kind of hundred year old kind of cottage farmhouse to a condominium with a view over the DC skyline. And this morning, as I was thinking about this conversation and thinking about the importance of exploring and kind of being in a new place, I'm only a mile from where I've lived for 32 years, but but it feels really new and it feels like an invitation to learn new things about the city. And I look out over the city and I thought, I want to, I want to go to these places that I can see on the horizon mm -hmm. and figure out where they actually are, you know? Yeah. So your map is a wonderful, that's like, you're now my role model, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have to build a map for myself. And yep. you, you know, I do have a, a map of the Potomac that I put on the site because I've made it one of my projects during the pandemic to walk the entire Virginia side of the Potomac. The, the DC Maryland side is, is accessible because you've got this, you know, the CNO canal and you can ride your right. bike 193 miles all the way out to Cumberland. But the Virginia side is once you get north of Roslyn, it is Tierra Incognito. And uh, <laughs> well, there it, is a foot trail. There is a foot trail. All That's the way right. up along. I've been I've been on that foot trail, but yeah, it's but it's it hard is to not a well traveled. It's path. not, and it's hard to get to. But there are quite yeah. a few little entrances that I've I've mapped uh, on the site uh, as I've been discovering each of them. And what's what's really cool if you want to uh, get them, and I'm sure you've done this, Lynn, because you're a curious person. But um, really, get the most of the river is get there early, early in the morning before anyone yeah. else is there. And you'll see heron uh, roosting together because they, you know, they roost in pairs. Um, you'll, you'll find 
you you will hear frog songs that you have never heard before. And it's just, it's a completely different world. It really is. Well, and if you can get on the water, you know, even more so. A couple of years ago, I actually had a group of guests from a work-related thing here from Utah. Long story. But anyway, I promised to take them kayaking when they were in D.C. (laughs) So we all went kayaking on the Potomac. And it's really extraordinary to be in the middle of the river with the heron and the frogs and the ducks and the, you know, the wildlife swimming by and going past the Kennedy Center and the Lincoln Yeah, I was going to ask, where, where did you go? So you were along the, the main city part of the river there. Yeah, we just put in right at Roosevelt Island. Yeah, yeah. It was fascinating to be with this group of folks from from Utah who were like, there's nothing like this in Utah. And they were blown away at how wild and beautiful the Potomac was within eyesight of national monuments and a major world population. And you see a really different side of the city, too. You you can't see anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I could read this, um, this quote from a Wordsworth <sighs> poem too. that I, I discovered that that's kind of similar to what you're talking about. And is it's about experiencing the city in a different way as you were there early, early, early in the morning. So he was walking mm-hmm. around London at dawn and he writes, the city now doth like a garment wear the beauty of the morning, silent, bare, ships, towers, domes, theaters, and temples lie open unto the fields and to the sky, all bright and glittering in the smokeless air. And of course, we're in a time now where we're, we're not living in industrial revolution London, where the day is black with smoke. And when, you know, in, in his time, it, it must have seemed like a real escape from the city. But I think even today, we there's so much of all of our cities in the U.S. where it's you are distracted by the traffic and the noise and and you don't realize that this is still a natural place and that there's still pockets of just wonderful nature i i don't know if you saw recently there was a a photograph taken of a black bear walking through a parking lot in i think it was in falls church i saw that i and saw that isn't that crazy and it is crazy and I had a pair of deer nibbling on uh, my herbage in front of my house a f- couple of <laughs> months ago. Um, so we really, we're still, even in a major city like this, I mean, this is one of the top 10 DMAs in the U.S., we're still part of nature. And right. it's just that nature hides from us as soon as the morning starts and the noise starts. Well, I do think this idea of sort of getting out in the atypical hours Years ago, I interviewed a police officer, and she said, I'll tell you, you know, Rosalind at night is different than Rosalind in the day. And I will tell you that Rosalind at dawn is different than either of those. You know, the light is different. The bird song is amazing anywhere in the county. Mm -hmm. You know, places that you don't necessarily think are full of birds are full of birds. And I... it is a different way to see a place, to simply be in it 
at a different time than is typical. And it's maybe that's something that's come from the pandemic too, is that we're in places on a different kind of clock than we used to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to add one thing about, you mentioned the birds and the sounds there. I was never a birder before the pandemic. Uh-huh. It just wasn't something <laughs> that was interesting to me. I can't tell you how many people have me. said that to me. <laughs> and yeah. And now it's, everybody's becoming a birder. And yeah. I have discovered, um, I, I think part of it was that the barrier to entry was so high, learning all of these songs and being able to discern them and remember them. But when I was developing apps at NPR a few years ago, I met a guy who was running the the Cornell School of Ornithology, and he had a a, a little group that built apps for him. And he uh-huh. built a couple of really interesting apps. One is called Merlin, which is a place where you can go and, and you can just click a button and it'll show you all of the birds in your area ranked by their likelihood of being seen right now. And it makes it really easy to, to identify oh, birds. Oh, so you don't get a lot of false positives in terms of, oh, I think I just saw an X. Right. It sort exactly. of helps you. Ah, nice. Yeah. Then, oh, very helpful. It is. And they built another app called BirdNet. And BirdNet is even cooler because what it does is you turn it on. And it just starts recording your surroundings. And the moment a bird sings, it tells you what that bird was. And Oh, wow. And, which is mind-blowing, right? It uses the, the same technology that you know, a lot of these song recognition apps use today. Sure, sure. But it works really well for birds. And, and so you can start to recognize that, oh, that was a Carolina wren that I just heard because, because I used this app to identify it last time. And now I remember you know, we, we're fortunate right now that we're in a pandemic in a time when we have access to these kinds of technologies that can really enrich our own exploration, right? You know, mm-hmm. you can choose to be curious about those birds and you can take that curiosity a long way with some tools that are available to us now. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of other great outdoorsy apps. If you're into mountain biking as I am, there's this app called the MTB Project and it shows you all the places where you can you can take a mountain bike because sometimes it's really hard to know whether it's kind of okay to, to ride on a trail. And right, this will right. show you a map of the area and you can see all the mountain biking trails. There's another app called All Trails that wherever you are, it helps you find a place where you can have a really great hike. And they're all rated by, you know, kind of awe factor. I was at Deep Creek Lake a, a few weeks ago and discovered the Dolly Sods using this app. And I'd never huh. been there before, but it's it's amazing. It's it's like a little slice of Alaskan tundra on the <laughs> East Coast, and it's so cool because it's really high and windblown, yep. and yep. it feels like you've stepped into a completely different biome. All right, these so, real microclimates, microenvironments. That's so cool. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, these apps are really important. So, so do you have links to those apps on your website, or can I put those on my website? You, yes, I'll send them to you. I, I haven't Great. put them on my website, though I should, but I'll, okay. I'll send them to you. Well, I will. <laughs> I will. So I knew our time would do this to me. But before you go, I want to do my big jar of wannabe analogies. Are you oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hold on. So I literally have a big jar here, mm-hmm. and there are slips of paper inside, and I have written words on them. We're going to make an analogy to curiosity with what's on these slips of paper. So yours is rubber band 
And mine is peanuts. Um, you want to go or you want me to go? Why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, how is curiosity like peanuts? <clears throat> curiosity is like peanuts. You know, peanuts grow underground. So they're mm-hmm. kind of a stealth nutrient. Um, and we dig them up and we unshell them and we enjoy um, their meat. And I think curiosity is the same thing. You kind of have to dig it up and break into it to really enjoy the, the center of it. So that's how curiosity is like peanuts. How is curiosity like a rubber band? I love I love your peanut analogy. It's really great. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think with a rubber band, curiosity is like a rubber band because a rubber band is is such a common thing that we we have and we find you know sitting around our desk, and yet it has so many different applications. It's so flexible mm. for whatever your use is. It holds a lot of power. It has this this curious quality of of being able to to power little airplanes that my kids make, um, <laughs> or to flick across the room to to wake up your your uh, cube mate who's fallen asleep on the job. Um, there's so many wonderful things you can get out of a uh, out of a rubber band. So, and and that's the way curiosity works. It's it's finding and discovering new things in common everyday parts of our world. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, that whole elasticity thing is very cool. And audience, yours is headphones. How is curiosity like headphones? Let us know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. How is curiosity like headphones? Well, Demian, this has been wonderful. Forget coffee. I think we should go for an early morning walk at some point. I would love that. That'd be really fun. That would be great. And I'll show you some (laughs) of my secret places. Oh, it's a deal. It's a deal. So was there anything that you wanted to touch on that we didn't talk about? You know, just recommend to your listeners to always look for a place that they've never been to before, because that's, that's when discovery happens. You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great shows here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can find all my previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to be Curious, or on my website at ChooseToBeCurious.com. I hope you'll follow me there and on Twitter at Choose Number 2, Letter B, Curious. Don't forget to send us your headphones analogy, hashtag analogy. We're listening to Lakeside Paths via Blue Dot Sessions. Many thanks to my guests, Demi and Perry, and to our special guests, Julia and James. I've got links to all those cool apps Demi and mentioned on my website, and check out towncalendar.org. See where your curiosity might take you next. I hope you'll join us again next time, and until then, choose to be curious. I really love going to the water park because I could swim in a pool and it's deeper than just the kiddie pool and I can act and I can only I can't use my floaties in that pool and it's not deep.
Funding for Choose to be Curious is provided in part by Concentric Private Wealth, where changemakers develop clarity for today and confidence for tomorrow by centering on what matters most, which involves more than just money. More information at www.concentricpw.com. Advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, a registered investment advisor. Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com.